Thanks for joining us. I'm Craig Meredith with Optimum Athletes. Today we've got Ethan Gavon joining us from Keep Playing Baseball. Uh, Ethan and I met a couple of years ago at, at your fundraiser and really hit it off since. Uh, since then, Ethan's taken the job at Davis High School as the head coach. Um, so it's been fun just corresponding with him and, and really working on new, new ways to, to advance the game and, and create kind of structures to help them develop their players. So I'm going to let Ethan introduce himself and talk a little bit about keep playing baseball. And then really what we want to address today is just kind of the current state of the youth sports market and travel baseball and competitive baseball, and really just try to make a push towards really development focused playing. Um, OA is going to offer a new solution this year for, for the younger levels. And I think Ethan's really got some valuable insight as to, you know, what the current state of the market is, what's parents' perception, um, and really what's being offered. Um, so Ethan, take it away. Yeah, Ethan Gavon, I'm the, uh, one of the co-founders and executive director of Keep Playing Baseball. Um, we're a nonprofit that helps high school baseball players through the recruiting process free of charge. So our basic goal at Keep Playing Baseball is to make sure that players and parents and, and youth coaches are able to make educated decisions kind of each step of the recruiting process and do that in the most affordable way. So we've got some uh, online resources, keepplayingbaseball.org. We're pretty active on Twitter. Um, we're doing some in-person stuff when, uh, you know, when, when distancing and, and everything allows. Um, but just really trying to make and create affordable paths for high school baseball players to make it to the next level so that they're not getting priced out um, from making it so yeah it's been fun kind of seeing you on the the podcast circuit this year with with quite a few baseball entities so for those of you who haven't seen them please go check them out and go uh through keepplayingbaseball.org correct keepplayingbaseball.org we're at keepplayingbb on twitter that's our most active social media platform perfect um so if you don't mind can you just describe kind of to the folks at home what you guys are seeing just in terms of the landscape of travel baseball, youth, youth organized baseball, kind of starting at that 12 year old range and working into the high school market. Um, I think we kind of have acknowledged that it's a game first market and play is, is kind of king. Uh, we try to create an environment where, uh, you know, it's more development focused, but if you could just kind of comment on, on what you guys see uh, the current state of, of the market being. Yeah, I mean, the way we, the lens that we're looking at it from is obviously from the recruiting lens. So we're looking at it from the perspective of players that want to keep playing at the next level. And I think few would disagree with the fact that the, the priorities are a little out of whack, right? So tons of games, not enough practice. Um, you, you hear college coaches bemoan the fact that players now just know how to showcase. They don't know how to to actually play the game. They don't know how to work within a system, uh, you know, some of the, the details of the game that can really make a big difference as you move up and the game speeds up. So, you know, base running, uh, hitting with an approach, hitting as part of a lineup, trying to generate offense. So, um, you know, they bemoan the, the showcase generation and I think that's a product of you know, a shift away from town ball and, and more local baseball where, you know, the focus is development and, and having a good time and 
you're practicing more than you're playing and now you're looking at kids who are playing depending on where you live February through August sometimes even all the way through the fall and it's just game 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 and there's not a focus on learning the game learning how to what we call think the game um, it's it's pretty heavily game focused and then it all kind of ties together but um, you know showcases you have kids who are just going from one showcase to the next seeking exposure and we can and we've talked about it before and we can get into it if you like but just some of these myths that are being pushed out in the for-profit baseball industry because players and parents really want to keep playing they want this recognition and um, they're willing to pay a lot of money for it even when it's not necessary so that's where an organization like us shows hey there's there's different paths you can take to get to the same place um, so I think you know the, the chasing winning instead of development is something we've talked about chasing this uh, this idea that all showcasing and exposure is good exposure which you know we both know isn't the case um, so I think you know those are some of the things so there's this imbalance and uh, hyper focus on winning and ring chasing and exposure and um, what's suffered because of that is this development and learning how to play the game and be a part of a team and, and blend the, the training with, hey, how do we win baseball games? Yeah, I think to your point, it's we're, we're seeing ourselves in kind of a phase where we're, we're trying to kind of marry both schools of thought in terms of really development heavy and development focused with also acknowledging that there is some value to go out and play, right? And, and experience tournaments, you know, in other states against other players. But I think we can kind of curb a lot of that. And, and there are some organizations here locally who are trying to localize that stuff and who really do a good job. Um, but I think there still needs to be a push in terms of thought leadership to really offer new solutions um, that get us into a kind of a development focused mindset <clears throat> over gameplay. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, can you talk a little bit more in terms of, um, you know, you as a coach now, what you see with your players who come in at the freshman and sophomore level, um, what areas of focus, you know, they really need attention in and what you kind of see in terms of like the negative outcomes of the industry once you finally see these players when they get to you in high school? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because the last year, you know, the changes that we've had to make in terms of not being able to play outside competition, especially at the high school level, our season got shut down two games in, fall ball, summer ball, same thing, right? So it kind of laid bare some of these issues where all the, you see that all the kids want to do is play games, right? They're really drawn to playing games, and that's where, you know, when you're inter-squatting, that's where the effort is, and there's almost what I've seen is almost a boredom for the fundamentals. Um, but the, the funny thing is, you know, college coaches got, especially at the division one level, got pulled off the road. And so the, they didn't stop recruiting, right? They're still looking for players. And so it, you know, development is the key to the next level, right? You have to develop the skills before the exposure is meaningful. Um, 
And so the players who have really benefited during the last year when everything's been pulled back is the ones that have been focusing on development and their skills continue to grow. And you have the guys who are, you know, banking on exposure and gameplay. And, and certainly the, the average player is going to suffer, right? The guy who's going to play college baseball, um, who has the ability but needs to show that in gameplay. I, I feel terrible for class of 21. I mean, these kids haven't had an opportunity to show what they could do, and they're getting squeezed because of some of the decisions that are trickling down from NCAA, but the players who have really benefited are the ones who, before this and throughout this, had a development plan, right? They got a little bit better, and then all of a sudden, they're showing their skills video, their recruiting video, and they have the measurables, they have the ability that these college coaches are looking for. So I think what the pandemic has done, it's made it painfully obvious that you know development is the key to the next level. Coaches are looking for the best players. So if you can get into a program, spend significant time developing, and then blend that with the gameplay like we were talking about. I think those are the guys who, you know, are really making an impact on the next level, or the guys who have the skills, but also that ability to understand the game. Yeah, I, I think you made a really good point uh, towards the beginning of that, where, you're, where you talked about how, uh, you know, in 2020 with, with the pandemic, um, coaches weren't out, out on the road, but recruiting was still taking place. Um, which I think shines a light on on really keep playing baseball's mission and what they and what you guys talk about specifically in terms of not chasing this need for exposure. And I think we proved it this year with with showing the ability to to still get seen without traveling, right, and without having to go to these these showcase opportunities or really overexposing yourself. And I know it's something that you talk about quite frequently, Lucas, in terms of you know if you have a video camera and you have a skill set, you're probably you're giving yourself a really, really good opportunity to get seen. And we live in an interconnected world now to where, you know, access is, is almost available for everyone. Um, you know, everyone's walking around with a phone and, and we really just saw an unbelievable use case in terms of exposure, I think this year. Um, so I thought that was, that was a really interesting point that you made. Yeah, but getting back to your last question, which I, I think I danced around a little sure. bit, right? You know, when you, have a development plan and you spend time focusing on development, you're willing to put in the more tedious work, right? The, the work that's not as much fun, you're gonna see that growth over time. If you, if you play in games consistently, you can get better, right? But you're, the cap on how much better you're gonna get just by doing that, as opposed to blending training with game play, you know, it, it's, for some guys, it's different for everyone, right? But if you can blend the training with the gameplay, if you can take the time to grow and you understand that, you know, it's not always a linear path of, of growth, right? You're gonna have leaps and bounds, you're gonna have plateaus, and you gotta spend time working through that. You have to allow yourself the time and the patience to develop into a better player as opposed to, you know, just going out and getting a little bit better, a little bit better, you're eventually going to reach a point where in, in game play, 
you know, in terms of developing skills that college coaches are looking to recruit, you're just going to plateau and you're not going to be able to, to break through that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it's something that we see on the throwing side in particular in house. Um, and we're actively telling our athletes like, Hey, this is not a linear development process, right? Um, there is going to be a plateau phase. Um, this is really a long-term investment that you're making in terms of development. It's not a, you know, it's not a quick fix by any means. Um, and even on the flip side of that, I think one of the interesting things that we've really looked at in the last six months or so is, okay, I think we do a really good job of training and building better athletes in house, but there's still, you know, a gap in terms of development when they just, when they solely train in the gym and then when they go out into, into game play. And we're still seeing, you know, why, you know, we have to ask ourselves, why is, why is kind of that success or that growth sometimes not translating over? And I think that's what really drove us to try to do somewhat of kind of a beta test this last fall with our high school group. And it really made it obvious to us that, you know, to, to really offer a fully comprehensive development phase or development cycle, gameplay has to be a part of that. And one of the things I think we actively did to try to marry those two concepts was we were really active in reaching out to our local high school and junior college coaches. Uh, we were lucky enough to have quite a few come out um, around the area, including Derek Sullivan over at Sacramento City College. He does a great job. Um, and we really just kind of said, hey, we know we can we train athletes well, and we know you guys coach baseball really well. Can you guys kind of take over that, that side of things for us and really just show us how you guys teach, how you coach, how you get these guys you know, becoming more knowledgeable as baseball players and, and really ready to, to play. Um, so we're actively looking at solutions in terms of how do we kind of marry those two schools of thought and let's lean on people who have, you know, years of experience coaching and teaching the game. Um, so it's been, it's been really kind of cool to see, you know, those two things coming together. Um, I do want to kind of get back to just a little bit about a little bit more about what you guys see with keep playing baseball. Can you just describe a little bit and even, you know, your experience as a coach, can you talk about what skill sets um, you see falling off because of the way that things are ran currently, right? Um, with a showcase style setting or a showcase based travel scene, what, what do you see with new athletes who are coming in at the high school level who have only played that, right? Like, what are the shortcomings in terms of their understanding of the game? What are the areas that you find yourself having to teach more than you would have expected? Is it, you know, situational awareness? Is it base running? You know, what are, what are some of the things that you see uh, affected by the local, or not the local, but the, uh, the current kind of travel ball scene? Yeah, that's a good question, and I'm kind of, thinking through just with our own guys. I mean, I, I think one of the most important things is like your skills don't exist in a silo, right? It's not like throw hard, run fat, you know, everything is, it, it blends together, right? And how do you get those skills to work within the context of a game, right? Like a lot of it break, comes down to details and understanding yourself as a player, understanding how your skill set works and, and can help you within the context of a team. So how, how can my specific skill set fit within this offense to help our team win, which is our ultimate goal, right? Um, a lot of it is just details. You know, it's, it's small things. It's, you know, having a base running system 
so that I take away some of that decision making that has to happen in the game. So I'm simplifying the decisions. I know this is how I'm going to take my lead every single time I'm going to, I'm going to be hard back so that if there's a back pick, I already have that safeguard in place. And then my, now I, I have the speed that I've developed from training and now that's working within a system where my decision making simplified and I can really just go out there and let my skill set work, right? And I think you can say the same thing about pitching. I think you can say the same thing about hitting. I think every facet of the game, how do we make this, these skill sets work? And then how do we integrate some of those details that translate to winning, Yeah. right? Like how does, how, how does that work? And, and what are some of these micro wins that I have to pick up within the context of a baseball game that are going to help my team win, help me be successful and, um, you know, lead to success the, the majority of the time. So I, I think of it in terms of, of systems, right? Like what is my, what's my process? I think process is a good way. And so, you know, you have a process for training and then you have to have a process for how you integrate those skills that you've learned here into the game and you understand how that works within the ebb and flow of a game and with a team. And um, that's some of the things that I think are missing, right? Um, that and then just, it's not always the big picture. Sometimes it's the, it's the small details that you have to really drill in that, that make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were talking before and we had kind of just been, I think, analyzing the overall, um, the overall season, you know, for youth players now. And it seems like it's, it's anywhere from the beginning of February to, you know, running or bleeding into, into August. So we've got six or seven months of, of seasons now, starting for kids, you know, at the age of 12, working all the way into the summers, you know, uh, through their senior year of high school. And I thought it was interesting that we were speaking just in terms of, you know, what exactly exists. And a lot of times it's kids bouncing around from team to team um, or just going and playing from tournament to tournament with really little to no practice during the week, especially in the summer, right? To where it's, hey, Monday through Friday, they're living as a kid. Saturday and Sunday, we go play three or four games. Um, What do you see in terms of solutions out there being provided to to maybe transition that six or seven seventh month period into kind of more of a, a development cycle rather than solely a gameplay cycle, or again, kind of back to our our point of today of kind of marrying those two entities. Yeah, I think I mean at the organizational level, you know, I know for us at Davis High, we'll have a focus on training in the fall and in the summer, where we'll dial back some of the gameplay. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, there's, there's different solutions, but obviously within that six to eight month window where most people are playing game, 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 you can take an eight to 12 week period where you're focusing mainly on training, or you can go through a period of training leading up to the games, right? So when you get to game play, you know, you're striking when the iron's hot, so to speak. Um, but you know, there's just, there's enough time. And then we talked about it earlier, just playing multiple sports, right? Giving yourself time to step away and then build back up. So I think, 
you know, a lot of times what's missing obviously is the, the block of training also like appropriate on ramping, um, and just players and parents not understanding the way that works, right? You need to have proper buildup. You need to have time to slowly, you know, uh, wind down. Um, and, and there's enough time for all of that. And there's enough time for training. There's enough time for games. So I think there is a way to, to blend it in. Everyone, every program is a little bit different. Every player is a little bit different, but I think it really comes down from a player standpoint to planning, right? Like I, when I look at the next eight months, what does that look like for me? How am I going to spend that time? Where are my games? Where's my training? Where's my build-up time? So I, I think from an individual level, it just they need to plan better um, and understand the importance of mixing those things in. And then from an organizational standpoint, development has to be a priority. So making sure that you have that built in to whatever your program is. Yeah, I always find it somewhat ironic that, you know, in most cases, the goal for, for a lot of these high school and, and youth athletes is to go play in college, right? Um, and if you look at, at the way that the college system develops their athletes, I think just about any college coach would tell you the most valuable time that they have is, is every fall, right? Where they get those four months of development, obviously, this year was unique but traditionally when they when they get those four months in the fall that's when you're integrating your systems that's when guys are really getting better and a lot of that is development focused right and inner squatting and focusing on concepts and theories that that the coaches want to translate to these teams so that when they get out there in the spring it's it's reactionary right they they already know what to do they can go out and really just solely focus on competing so i always find it a little bit ironic that we don't necessarily analyze you know, the things that are going on at the target goal, right? So if we can almost take a model that's similar to what college baseball does and, and devoting, you know, that three or four months every year to really just getting better and then going out and focusing on competing, it seems like we would develop players and players would see growth at a much higher clip. Yeah, and, and just understanding that, you know, the... I think sometimes we look at the skills as a, as the end in, a, in and of themselves. But like, wh why do you want to throw harder? Well, I want to throw harder so I can be a better baseball player. And I want to be a better baseball player so I can help my team win and I can play as far as I can. And just keeping the, the main goal the main goal. Keeping the main thing the main thing, right? Like, why do you lift weights? Ask kids that all the time. Oh, they get stronger. Is that really why you're lifting weights? Or are you lifting weights to be a better baseball player? Are you lifting weights with a specific goal in mind that's gonna help you towards your end goal, right? So yeah, I think that's a, that's a big part of it is, is understanding the way all the pieces fit together. Absolutely. Well, Ethan, thank you. We appreciate you coming out today and, and just kind of giving your knowledge and information to the community. Again, for those of you at home, please check out keepplayingbaseball.org. Uh, for any information on the recruiting process or really just the current state of, of youth baseball and, and the market. Um, so, again, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, everything on Keep Playing Baseball is free, so check it out. If you have questions, you can reach out by email, ethan at keepplayingbaseball.org, and uh, hopefully our resources can, can help some players make it to the next level. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me.